0: Hello! Welcome to Chapter Three podcasts the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season Two, Episode Seven. Today we're talking about Season Two of The Witcher Show on Netflix, which should be fun. If you listened to our last episode, we did mention the possibility of discussing Bridgerton and didn't quite realize that Season Two had been pushed back to later in the year. But don't worry, later this year, We will do a Bridgerton episode, it is coming, but today we have a very exciting topic. Joining me and Leanna today is Elliot Brooks. Elle is a YouTuber, author, and big fan of The Witcher, so we're really happy to have her join us. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I thought to start, introduce yourself a little bit and also talk about what is your background with The Witcher, because I think you are probably the biggest expert amongst the three of us. (laughs) (laughs) On Witcher.
1: Yeah, so I, like a lot of people, was introduced to Witcher through the Wild Hunt video game, which is the third installment by CD Projekt Red. And it's kind of the one that made Witcher known worldwide. It was very successful. It's highly regarded as one of the best video games ever. And I fell in love with it and then found out it was based on some books and then read those books and happened to have read them right around when I was discovering BookTube. And those were actually basically my first reviews, and I think some of them might be uh, privated at this point because they were (laughs) such bad quality and not good at all. It was basically me being like, hey, I like this book. It was really cool. But uh, so I'd read the books and then obviously Witcher got the Netflix adaptation and I was excited about that. I actually, in general, was a little underwhelmed by season one. I, I enjoyed season two a lot more. But if I had to rank thus far, it would still be, and maybe it's a little at this point, just it was the first thing. I still like the Wild Hunt video game the most of the Witcher content we have, and then the books, and then the show. Although I did feel like the show upped itself a little bit with season two. So I, I enjoy it well enough, but okay. it's hard to not be that person that's constantly comparing it to the books or comparing <laughs> it to the game.
0: Yeah and liana i think i'm probably the least familiar with it but my husband uh, which is it's funny like he doesn't read a lot but like he's read all the wisher books and played the video games and then we've watched the show so like he i had like he he has some uh, strong opinions about some of that i've read the first short story collection the last wish and then watched the show and i've seen him playing the game i haven't actually tried that one but it looks fun I'm assuming
1: he's also played the Wild Hunt, or has he played the other?
0: I think games? he's played at least two of them. I don't know.
1: Okay. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, because the Wild Hunt got its DLC, so it's extra content that come mm-hmm. later. Were so expansive, it was essentially another game. It was there's so much to it, so wow. it's almost like playing two more installments it felt like because the dlc's had so much Mm -hmm. and they're incredible also so project red just did a great job (laughs) with the with the wild hunt but the other one is more having to do with the elves and then i actually never played the very first one the very first one is just i think only for pc
0: oh interesting okay yeah i don't think he's done the pc one so probably the other the other two Interesting. Okay. And Liana, you've read the books, I think?
2: Yeah, I read all the books except for the the newest season of Storms. I haven't read that but i read all the other ones and um technically i have played witcher because my brother is really excited to try to make me play video games so like he got the playstation 5 and was like i can lend you my playstation 4 and leave it permanently at your apartment and then download witcher and assassin's creed valhalla and just be like let's play let's play so like one time when he was over he was like how about i watch you play witcher and i was like okay. <laughs> so for like two hours, I bumbled around <laughs> trying to figure out how to not walk into walls as Geralt.
1: Geralt is very finicky. There's on the Honest Trailer for the game, they very accurately pinpoint how difficult it is to basically pick up flowers because you have to pick up, oh, like, no. up to different potions and things. Yeah, 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 and yeah. He's so hard to control. And it's been <laughs> years at this point since it was released. Yeah. And in my head, it's still a newer game. And so when I go back to try to play it, I get so frustrated with him because I'm like, (laughs) "Gosh, darn it!" But yeah, Leanna, that's a great deal. I. I,
0: I mean, yeah. I mean,
2: I can confirm he was more difficult because my brother also then made me play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and playing mm-hmm. that character was somewhat easier.
1: Avar is that is that their name in Valhalla? I don't remember? Oh,
0: I don't know. my main big thing is I love the Dragon Age video games, so when they eventually release a new one one day, maybe I'll probably drop stuff to play that. Speaking,
1: of, I just mentioned uh, honest trailers a second ago. I think they released a Dragon Age honest trailer today. Did they? I think so. Oh, I like I'm honest gonna, trailers.
0: That's fun. I'm gonna have to. Go, I'll have to go check that
2: out. I, yeah, those are really fun. I love Whenever the storytelling. There's an honest trailer for a movie that I want to see. I'm always so frustrated that I can't watch it yet because it'll have spoilers, and I'm like, oh dang it, I can't immediately click on that honest trailer. So when my brother and I saw Matrix and Spider Man over the weekend, the first thing we did when we got back to my apartment was find the honest yeah. trailers. <laughs> I love them. They're great.
0: That's fun. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Okay, so I guess thoughts on the show. So I obviously, like, I have less familiarity with the other pieces of it. I enjoyed season one and I liked season two even better. So I don't know what that says exactly, but it's really interesting and i know from t- not i know from talking to my husband some of the differences <laughs> between like the books and the games and the show because he was like wait what they're telling us this in the show yeah. now um so that was that was interesting we just are we, we just
1: spoilers at all or
0: no spoilers? um good question maybe we'll do like a spoiler free segment and then we'll get right. into spoilers i was so. about
1: to, I, I was about to reference what i'm assuming your husband yes, about. Like yes. Has a big we'll influencer. get there we'll, okay. we'll, we'll do, we'll, also, we'll do
2: I, mean, yeah. I can speak what to like some changes from the books but it's also my understanding that things that are in it that are different from the books are not necessarily invented or the show but are pulled from the games
1: uh depends it's hard to get into these things without spoilers so yeah some of it i think they did a combination of sort of making up their own thing but sort of saying true the books, and Leanna, you can tell me if you feel this way too, Andrzej Sapkowski will just randomly put you in the middle of a meeting between all of these noble people or sorceresses or whatever, and then you see them all plotting and scheming, and at least in my, when I'm reading, I keep thinking, who are these people? And you just see them talking, and you don't really know what they're talking about, and then whatever they're discussing will affect the characters, your main characters, way later. And then you're like, oh, is that who that was? Is that what's going on here? And I think the show, at least in season two, is trying to flesh those scenes out and show them a lot more and make you care about them more, which I actually really appreciated. But I have seen some people that, that say the show is unrecognizable from... The books and i'm like i don't think it's unrecognizable some of it's straight from the books it's just not the stuff i feel like a lot of us remember of course they also added the main antagonist of this season is not really in in the books so that was an interesting decision and <laughs> not one i actually was fond of but i did like the fleshing out of this extra
2: i feel like if there's anything about it that's like quote unquote unrecognizable because as you said there's like parts of it that are like immediately you're like I know exactly what this scene is in the book but I feel like the tone and the vibe of the books is kind of almost entirely different from the show just like the kind of humor there is and the kind of Mm, different I just feel like and then the costuming isn't exactly like not that it's bad and it's quite fantasy and like who's to say like it's not like a real place you would be like well that's not actually like you know culturally correct for this made-up place but like I don't know. I just feel like the way that things are described, the type of humor that's present, the kind of conversations people have, that's just like the tone of it is different in the books than it is in the show.
1: I think Henry Cavill's, he, from everything I've seen is very familiar with both the game and the books, but I don't know if it's his take or the way they want him to portray Geralt, but Geralt is, I think, much more charismatic and clever in the books though. It's kind of He talks oh, a lot more in the books. Yes, he does. It's less I think season 1 was just a bunch of it was a grunt fest, but season 2 he did a little more talking, but it's still he's not exactly charming in the show. And I would say in the books, while he doesn't talk a lot, when he does start talking, he gets into word battles with these people that look down at him a lot of times because he's a Witcher. And then when he gets talking, they realize, oh, actually, he's just as smart as I am. And then it's almost like their pride forces them to try to make him look dumb at that point. And he doesn't care. Well, I feel I like then that, too, like, if, I feel like
2: if you, like, utterly boil down what his and, and Dandelion's or Yaskier's relationship is like, in its, like, essentials, it's the same in terms of, like, he's a gruff warrior and the other one's, like, a foppish musician. But, like, their dynamic, other than like that being true, is totally different from how they are in the books.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Henry Cavill it, like, is much more serious and kind of, I don't know, quiet. Oh. It's, it's uh, <laughs> aloof, yes. But I don't know that I've ever seen him play a character that was really warm. I'm counting when he's 16 years old. <laughs> well, Okay. I mean, he's
1: obviously, we've seen him in Superman. And he was in, um, is it The Man from Uncle or something like that? That one's a little bit more humorous. Mm. But then he was in Tristan and Assault, of all things. But he's kind of a minor part in that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen him play a character like how Geralt is in the books. Right. But again, I think. I think the game still has Geralt being a little bit cl- more clever. I think game Geralt is more like the books than Netflix Geralt is, but I think Netflix Geralt is more like game Geralt than he is like books <laughs> Geralt, like, like on
0: a okay. scale like, of like, yeah. <laughs> of, like <laughs> of like Netflix to books with the game yeah. in
1: the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. Yeah. <laughs> if we had the video game Geralt is in the middle and then over here is the book Geralt and then over mm-hmm. here and they, they lap, overlap a little in the middle.
0: I will say one thing about season two and this is something that irked me in season In season one, I just felt like Geralt and Yennefer had zero chemistry and I felt like it was so much better in season two.
1: Even though they're barely together, and they're
0: <laughs> but when they are, I I would believe they like each other.
2: But honestly, okay. like the show and the books, I feel like Geralt and Yennefer are a lot less like I, I care about their relationship a lot more when they're not together. Every time they're together, I'm just like,
0: because mm, okay. <laughs> you're you care so much about most romances, Leon. <laughs> I don't hate Yennefer like a lot of people do. I just feel I like, I like her, but
2: there's I like when her. they're apart and they think about each other is more mm-hmm. interesting to me than when they're they're together and just like moaning on about how they can't be together forever while they're having sex for the 50th time and I'm just like, "Uh-huh." Uh.
1: <laughs> I think I definitely like Yennefer from the books and the game a little more than Yennefer in the show. I think she's more in your face in the show than she
2: lot more about Jennifer's plotline than almost anybody else yeah
1: and i think the show and i'm with you bethany the first season to me did not portray their relationship in my opinion as deeply as it actually is because they are together for a very long time and then mm. so i don't want to i'll avoid spoilers but some of their wants for their lives individually and also just as a couple what they want they can't have and that puts a lot of pressure on their relationship mm-hmm. and then that sort of creates this divide between them and they sort of go their separate ways but then they're constantly finding themselves coming back to each other and season one of the show i think made it seem as if they had this one great first meeting and then they yeah. never stopped thinking about like they had like a one night stand they're like that's the best one i <laughs> life." and then now they <laughs> want, run into each other and they're just, it's as if it was the greatest moment of their lives. And yeah. I think all that history is not really shown yeah. Season two had a moment where Jennifer has a dream sequence and that to me, better illustrated sort of their relationship. Obviously that was a over the top version because she's dreaming, but I don't think that the first season really illustrated it well.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also just felt like, like, from from the perspective of the actors whenever they were on screen together i was like i like i don't believe that you're actually into each other in this moment like she had so much more chemistry with the guy like, who played her like earlier lover to say was like a- that
2: again i feel bad for her because like she's acting like next to like a very attractive mannequin like he's just literally just standing there <laughs> and like sh- like what do you do with that <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think know. I, this
0: is what I'm saying though, is I think season two is a lot better. Like he shows a lot more emotion in season two. And I think they, yeah, connect better.
1: So Istrid is his name. I believe that you're referring to the other person. Yes. So there's a, a whole short story, I think in sort of destiny. So the next collection of short stories, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think a shard of ice is in sort of destiny. And that one shows their, I guess you could say love triangle a little bit, how Yennefer kind of sees herself within the world and the way she doesn't want to be held down, if you will. She doesn't want to belong to anyone. Fair. And I I was wondering, cause in season two, you get a moment where those two meet each other and it's a lot nicer than when they meet each other in the books. Cause that <laughs> short story, uh, they do the kind of classic, like, no, Yennefer is my lady. <laughs> <laughs> They were a little bit more, they were like, oh, you're also one of her friends, kind of thing. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so one of my favorite parts of the books, which I was very concerned after the first season was that we wouldn't ever have any of that. And we kind of did get it, not as much as I want, is Little Siri with Geralt. And so we never quite got Little Siri because she's not little, but we did get some of that vibe of like mm-hmm. her being a precocious princess and like annoying and arguing with him and him mm. kind of being at his wit's end and all the witchers kind of like not knowing what to do with this like girl that's now a Karen And they're like, Oh, uh, sure.
0: We'll raise a princess.
2: Yeah. We'll do uh, some of that a little bit.
0: I really, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, what we get with Siri and Geralt and the witcher, the other witchers. I just thought in season two, that was really interesting. And I liked how okay and maybe this is going to get a little into spoiler territory but uh so we'll, we'll say we can we can do we've, we've been talking a while we could do spoilers but um i think it's really interesting because you're seeing this almost like father-daughter dynamic with the two of them and i saw somebody post something saying that the two of them is like a gen xer raising a <laughs> Gen Z kid. I saw this somewhere and I was like yeah that that is pretty on point in terms of the relationship they have which I just think is hilarious but with the ending of the show which is interesting and we can talk a little bit about how maybe this is different from reveals later on it seems to really be setting us up for a season three arc that is about father-daughter relationships and having to make choices about those, which is pretty interesting.
1: So we're officially talking spoilers? We're talking
0: spoilers.
1: (laughs) I like the reveal happening when it does. Mm -hmm. One, video game players already know this information, and in the books you get this reveal way later. But I didn't like how they went about the reveal. I didn't like that Amir kind of says all this in front of so many people. Mm -hmm. Because in the books, he bizarrely also, you know how they keep talking about all these nobles. Oh, if Ciri's actually alive, they're gonna want to marry her so they have claim mm-hmm. to He does the same thing, and so when that's you're like, what hey, my that's husband
0: something. was telling me, yeah. I was like,
1: "Yeah, you're like, but wait, isn't that her dad?" Well, yeah. it, in the books, it's the opposite reaction. You go, "Wait, wait a sec. If it's her dad, that's gross." <laughs> like when you finally realize, you're like, "What the yeah. hell?" And so I don't quite know what they're setting up because by him announcing this to this room full of people, it, I did like the reveal because it was sneaky as far as his, it was him that actually did that. And so then, you know, you see those two get in trouble basically. Yeah. But (laughs) him being like, we have to find my daughter. And so I was like, this is very different. I, why does he want to find his daughter? It doesn't seem like they're going to go the same route which
0: is probably for the best well i you know i kind of wonder if maybe they did it that way to signal to fans that like hey we're not doing this like creepy incest plot
1: maybe Liana, do you have thoughts on it (laughs) you just make faces i
0: was saying i mean like yeah i mean i don't
2: disagree like well that's how it is in the book and i mean like it makes sense that he would do that in the book. Like it's not it. I mean, it is, I guess an incest plot line, but it's not like he's doing it to find her. Like it's not because he wants to like bang his daughter, (laughs) but like, I'm sure people would object to that plot line. So I'm sure the showrunners are like, let's find a different way. Yeah.
0: I think
1: visually too. It's hard to pull that off. If you start seeing him in her memories or her, strange visions and then you see the emperor and it's the same person at some point you'd be like "Is not the same actor yeah, yeah. I mean, in
2: a book when you just have like names then you don't have any way of like knowing as opposed to with actors like you'd have to like never show the person's face mm-hmm. so to keep that information from the viewer
1: That could get cheesy very quickly if he's always like sitting in a chair and you never know <laughs> and, and you're and just like,
2: like there's, there's a fruit hand. bowl <laughs> then you're also going to be like oh so this is somebody that i would recognize whereas right. again if it's just names you're like well that's that other right second character and like you're not mm-hmm. thinking ever that
0: like oh they might be the same person yeah i do think from the show perspective it was smart to sort of have that reveal right after she had been having those visions with her parents in them because otherwise like i wouldn't have remembered that that's who her father was from season one so i'm like
2: oh oh okay was he the same actor from the first season because i didn't recognize him at all
1: the one in the episode with her mom and the
2: yeah i don't know i don't know either that's I mean, it was definitely question. the mom was the same actress, but
1: I, I wonder if he, At this point, that's one thing season one, I feel like, a little bit. So, obviously, Geralt doesn't really age the same way. Yennefer doesn't really age the same way. Apparently, Yaskier's hair just grows out a little. Like, that was one thing I feel like they messed up a little bit, is he's in that, in the show, in that scene, and he doesn't look, you know, if Ciri is, I don't know how old she's supposed to be in the show, but if she's, let's say she's 15 he doesn't look 15 years older so that was one but i'm wondering if they did change the actor if they did so because he's supposed to look
2: older now
0: i don't know interesting he's not that he doesn't look that old though like he still looks pretty young so i don't know if they did change it i kind of want to look
2: speaking of yaskier yaskier was like the only thing that i thought i liked that was that i liked better in season one the way he was
0: yeah Season same. two, yaskier, i was like hey, up to his- yeah ridiculousness for sure and the hair his hair like that was like a really was it a wig probably it was like what i don't know like he was corny and cheesy
2: and kind of annoying and yeah but it just worked better and Mm -hmm. now it kind of felt like when you know disney's like oh jack sparrow jokes that's what people like so you just like really go for it you're like oh too much
0: too much yeah yeah i agree yeah
1: i think and that's i think that's one of the areas where the humor is different He is ridiculous in the books, too, for sure. And to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, at him a lot. But it's like they relied on him for the humor a little Mm -hmm. bit when I think that the other characters are humorous enough or... The narration in Witcher is pretty funny. Actually. Well, it's also,
2: I mean, there's more back and forth between Geralt and y- or Dandelion or Yaskier or whatever in the mm-hmm. books. It's not just like Geralt standing there silently and, and then Yaskier like <laughs> yipping away. Like they talk to each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a funny conversation with both people participating. <laughs> right.
1: One of my favorite moments in the book is when Geralt gets a new jacket and he is really happy about it. And then I think his jacket gets ripped or something. And he's like, cause he just bought it. And I don't know why it's just really amusing. Cause he's not a materialistic kind of person. And he finally gets something
0: nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I do think season two builds out a lot more of stuff about the witchers, which was interesting, like spending all the time in their place. I don't remember the names of everything, but uh, their
2: place is called Caramoran care more thank you please bethany
0: (laughs) look if i haven't read like all the books it's hard to remember
1: (laughs) honestly the amount of times that while I'm reading a book, as soon as I close the book, I'm like, I don't know any of those characters' names. I free- I don't know. There are an not.
2: exceptionally high number of strange long names in The Witcher books in general. That's like, true, Gu. There are I mean, a lot.
1: A translated work. So some of those names, you're like, I don't know
2: what this one is.
1: <laughs> this person's <laughs> name is the first letter of their name. That's how it works for me now. And some of the names, I only have an idea because of the video game. Like, I wouldn't know how to say Dijkstra otherwise. No, yeah.
2: So I got all my pronunciations from the audiobook, and he says some of them differently. Like, he says Dijkstra. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, um, he, he switches before, like, he says Dandelion in, like, the first Dandillion? two Dandelion? And then Dandelion in the later one. I was like, huh?
1: who? Well, what? So the word for his name in Polish is a different flower, I believe. It means buttercup. Yes, yeah. but they felt like that. I think if I'm not mistaken we view buttercup in a more silly way as English speaking people also as a f-
2: as a more feminine specific yes. thing.
1: So they How
2: is but how is dandelion not also feminine? <laughs> it was meant to be like equivalent but not a direct translation. I just okay. don't know why they also, in the show then, because the books and the games both have Dandelion as the name and in English. And I don't know why the show, because like the first time they introduced Yaskier, I was like, oh, I thought that was going to, that guy was going to be Dandelion. But I guess not. He's some guy called Yaskier. And his name is Yaskier.
1: <laughs> they just rarely call him Yaskier. I think like hardly ever, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Maybe they just felt like it was too silly for the show.
1: And I think uh, this is. These are just random tidbits. These are not deep thoughts about the show. I think that Roach in the actual language is referencing a fish, and in the translation, when we hear Roach, we think usually. At least I think cockroach, like the really. insect. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's actually a fish.
2: Interesting. If I'm wrong, now that's a thing they could have changed.
0: They could have called him <laughs> mackerel. <laughs>
2: is that better i don't
1: know salmon sardine naming fish yeah goldfish (laughs) gerald and goldfish
2: oh that would be cute actually (laughs) if it was codfish i would like it because it would remind me of peter pan
1: there you go so bethany i'm curious my husband watching Mm -hmm. the second season he's obviously watched me play the games here and there yeah but um a lot of times he was like i don't Do I need to read the books? Like, there's so much... I don't... Maybe I should have rewatched season one. I don't know. Did you feel like there's a disconnect sometimes? Like, you almost should have other information? Or do you feel like the show carries it along pretty well?
0: No, I feel like the show carries it along pretty well. I... I mean, I had...
2: Because season one was kind of all over uh, the place.
0: Okay, well, I had... You know what? I think what helped me with season one is I had read The Last Wish... And I, I actually think even if you've just read that, you get enough of a feel for like who Geralt is and like how the world functions a little bit. It's not that weird. So I don't so know. One year Yeah, yeah. So I, so I, I do think that probably helped me where I was like, oh, okay, I see like where this is drawing on. But season two was totally different. Like nothing like that I've read at all before, and I. I feel like you. I followed it fine. Yeah, it was. It was really interesting. I think my big question was always: I was like, "Who is the White Flame?" And my husband's like, "You're not going to find out for like five seasons." When he was like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> so- I think the reason my
1: husband was thrown off is because of the basically Baba Yaga plotline. and he was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "I don't know," because <laughs> this is not a book thing, and it's like mm-hmm. some witches in the video games so i don't know if that's what they were trying to pull from because there's kind of that aspect a little but it's not done the same way so i was like i don't know what they're doing <laughs> i was very and i almost wonder if if you haven't read the books but you have experience with the game if it's even that much more confusing because you're like am i oh, supposed to know who this is
0: hmm I guess to me it made sense because, well, because like I wouldn't have known that it wasn't in the books. Mm-hmm. But thinking about it from a show perspective, I think it functions really well as tying together these different characters, plots, and giving you a reason to care about, care about but also, them.
2: It generates conflict for Yennefer. It also which doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> I That's will say
1: true. I hated her conflict of not having her magic. <laughs> that bothered me so much because if I'm remembering, it's actually it's been a while <laughs> since I've read the books, but I I believe. That she technically goes blind after the Battle of mm-hmm. Sodden Hill. And it's not talked about much, and it's referenced here and there. But I think some of the sort of dialogue moments that she has in the show are similar to moments in the books, except for they're almost treating it like a blindness to magic instead of just a true blindness. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody has read them more recently, and <laughs> I'm almost positive because there's a moment where in the book she like looks at Siri. And she's just like, she says something and it's actually really moving because you know for a long time she couldn't even see or appreciate what was around her the same way anymore. And now she can again. And so there's this desire for her to get her sight back, but it's not the same as her trying to get her magic back. I don't know. I was frustrated because I
2: was like, why? Yeah. For the whole season. This is frustrating. It's interesting. I wonder. Um, it's because they ran out of CGI budget. They're like, okay, Yennefer doesn't do magic. Great. Less
0: CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they spent all of it on the last episode. <laughs> no, but one thing that is interesting, right, is if they had gone with the actual blindness, there's been, I think, more conversation lately about like, trying not to use disability in that way um, with like magical healing stuff. And so I kind of wonder if maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but like maybe that's too much
2: credit. (laughs) I think they decided this would be some juicy conflict for her maybe yeah i
0: mean it it is interesting it is kind of interesting and it seems like they're trying to tie it into this idea of balance right that like she killed all of these people and so like to achieve balance she has to sacrifice herself which
1: so that's another thing the show the books it's a very soft magic system and i think Mm -hmm. the show is trying to make it more established and add those extra layers to it so i think you're right that maybe that's part of it is this you did all this so now this is what you lose sort of thing especially with their whole aspect of the fire magic Mm -hmm. being the one that's really hard to control it's interesting how some of the changes they still sort of tied back to the book so an example yennefer does (laughs) i'm just gonna word this very poorly she does totally mess up that one guy's face with um she burns him and she is the one that goes and helps dandelion but i think she just uses magic if i'm not mistaken and so I thought it was clever the way the show had her uh, to the alcohol.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked cool. that
1: moment. I was like, oh, cause I was sitting there like, how is she going to do this? She doesn't have her magic. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> kind of sort of the same. Mm-hmm. I liked that.
0: I liked it too. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I also thought Fringilla was such an interesting character and her like seeing her whole arc. And I was not expecting the moment where she goes in and freezes everybody and, like, kills all those guys. I was like, oh, So that
1: okay. I feel that some of that was some uh, nods. There's a few times that I think they're making nods to the video game. And I can't mm. say that with certainty. But there's, uh, in one of the DLCs, there's a moment where the antagonist does that same thing. He freezes everyone. And then I don't even like thinking about it because it grosses me out so much, but he like takes something and then puts it in the person's eye while they're frozen. And Frangilla basically does that same thing. Yeah. So I knew it was coming. I'm like, she's going to stick something in somebody's <laughs> eye. i all freaking out about it. I hate eye stuff. Oh my gosh. But so that was sort of a nod. It was a, obviously a very different moment, different character, mm-hmm. but technically in the video game, that's a made up character too for for the game and not in the books but yeah i that was disgusting (laughs) and i agree though that fringillas are i almost think sometimes they are restricted by having something based off of a book series because you have to try to obviously base it off the book series and do so in a satisfying way but it's not the easiest thing to adapt and so they're trying to flesh out and establish these other characters and i feel like when they got the opportunity to do their own thing with fringilla it was actually pretty good i was I was impressed.
0: Yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah. I mean, well, and I went to speaking of like, it's not being the easiest thing to adapt. I feel like, and you alluded to this earlier, just how Andre Sapkowski like has just, just does not care about telling things in a way that like makes sense or like, especially like, that's why like by the end of the series, I was starting to lose patience with it because we would just off road for history lesson for like 50 pages. And I was like, why like I don't I understand what you are telling me I do not understand why you are telling me this right now and so like if the show was like completely accurate to the books in that sense as well in terms of the order in which you learn information and the order in which scenes are presented to you mm-hmm. I mean I guess season one was trying and that's why it was so like wild all over the pace, and no one knew what was going on <laughs> I
1: think it is um I don't think it's a show you want to have be exactly true to the books at all i i know a lot of times book fans will be frustrated and i i know i can be frustrated too but it depends on what you're changing and if you're changing Mm -hmm. something for the better then i might go for it but some of the i mean i just thought it was interesting that they even tried to adapt the short stories with the split (sighs) timeline and a lot of people by the end actually liked it because they felt like oh this show actually challenged me, and made me want to go back and rewatch and look for all those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm glad you liked it. But uh, some of what they did, like I mentioned earlier, I don't need to elaborate on this. I just don't feel like they captured the depth of Geralt and Yennefer's relationship in that mm-hmm. first season. I really don't know why they changed some aspects of Geralt and Siri because technically Geralt and Siri have met before the battle. In the books, they've met before. Like, There's a whole part where he meets her in when she goes to that one forest mm-hmm. kind of magical and he meets her then he like carries her on his shoulders and she's he's like telling her to blow snot out of her nose like a certain <sighs> way and it's like that's i think what liana was talking about a little bit with the relationship between him and little girl siri mm-hmm. and he's still at that point is like i'm not gonna take her i know i you know evoked the law of surprise but i'm not gonna do it or whatever and so he's interacted with her and met her before. And in the show, there's just like this grand meeting moment. And I was like, eh, I mean,
2: why do they care so much? <laughs> Geralt is your destiny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At that point Which she's why, like, like well, I don't know who this is. Well, because also like the way that Siri was in the first season, she like didn't say anything all the time. She was just like doe-eyed and afraid and just like this pretty little princess. And I love how like Rambunctious she is in the books, and how much prop, like how much grief she gives Geralt all of the time, and how frustrated he is with her all the time. And I just like when they she was like that, like completely like boring, wide eyed, beautiful snow maiden, like the whole of season one. And then they meet, and she's already like grown up, and like he's been like stiff as a wooden board all the season. So I was like, I'm never gonna get this like fun interaction with them. So I did like that them together in Karamoran in season two, she was kind of like feisty and would like mm-hmm. talk back to him, and he. He'd be like, ah oh.
0: yeah, <laughs> I liked their dynamic. I thought it was great. She I was want fun.
1: more of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they're going to do in season three.
0: I think it's interesting because, right, we're coming out of her having these memories of her parents and choosing to go back to Geralt as her kind of father figure. But now... Right, her actual father or like biological father is now alive, and so she's gonna have like I'm guessing they're gonna play that up a lot, where she's gonna have to like make difficult choices about who she's gonna be with or who she's gonna support, and like
1: yeah, who her real family
0: is. Right,
1: probably a sense of betrayal too. Mm. So my father's been alive this whole time. Why didn't he say or do something? Right, but I I mean. Rory doesn't
0: know that,
2: and in the end of season two, the not yet. But I feel like they're setting it That's up for okay. her to learn. Like I
1: yeah, think they're, they're gonna it,
0: they're gonna do that
1: if they do it the way, yeah, the, the way you're describing. I think she would be like, "What the heck, Dad? Mm-hmm. You've been alive this whole time." I could see them making it a big moment for when she finds out, yeah. And then there being this separation between her and. Geralt I mean, she- they
2: did go out of their way to have her have a line in season two where she's like, "Geralt's the father." is the just father had. I never
0: had. Yeah. And then, He's like, like hey, guess guess line, <laughs> <He's
2: here actually. laughs> without that line, everyone would agree that she started to have that kind of relationship with him. But they went, like they made it explicit that yes. she's like, he is the father. That yes. I, ever
1: I can't be mad at that because I feel like the video game makes it very clear it's a father daughter relationship, and there are still people that would be like. I wish they would hook up, and you're like, "That's that's gross. gross." What do they have to do to make it clear that it's father daughter type of vibes, not romantic? So well, I I, them, like, really no, I don't mind clear. them like
0: being very clear about it. Yeah, that's yeah. gross.
1: I actually think I don't. I feel like we kind of accidentally started going into predictions, but mm-hmm. uh, in the books, we so we've seen now Geralt and Siri in the show having their mm-hmm. father daughter. And we do get some yennefer Siri moments in the books, and I was really nervous and actually quite upset. Leanna can say, uh, she can vouch for me here, because I was like, I was really upset about episode 7, because I thought they were going to ruin that opportunity for Yennefer and Siri to get to have their connection. And then they kind of redeem themselves in the next episode, but... I think we're going to see that because they've mentioned too. We need somebody to teach her how to use her magic. Yennefer, you're the best, so you should teach her. And I'm hoping we're going to see. I mean, that. the book
2: kind of like montages that, but you know, mm-hmm. we could actually have some, up. We could actually see it, yeah. <laughs> and
1: i w- I would love to see it. I would love mm-hmm. to see it. And I think that we would see more character growth with Yennefer as well, because of course. They sort of added in backstory for Yennefer and elaborated on that for viewers to care more. Because she just kind of shows up and she's this cold, mysterious sorceress that Geralt's kind of obsessed with a little bit. And so I think they're giving her more earlier on rather than waiting a long time and then giving her backstory.
0: You know what? I'm just now, like, it's now just occurring to me with the conversation we had earlier about blindness, like I know they did get some backlash for how they handled her backstory in season one with like the disability piece of it. So I wonder if they were like, well, we're not going to do that in season two.
1: You know, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't see those conversations, but that is a thing in the books so it's true right books, but i don't right. think they changed it because they're like well the books were older or something. i don't know but right. yeah the a lot of what is occurring with yennefer's backstory as far as herself physically is true to the books yeah but it, them showing her in magic school is not that's all made Interesting. up right okay and some of it they definitely took some liberties with. That's interesting that maybe mm-hmm. they felt like, oh, well, she has to. But it's interesting. I wish Mara were here because I feel like Mara <laughs> would probably be able to articulate what I'm trying to say better. But I think in a strange way, Subkovsky does show you that the world sees you a certain way depending on what you look like or who mm-hmm. you are or your background or things like that mm-hmm. to the point where you start to... You're almost like forced out of that so that you have some semblance of power mm. and Yennefer's character I think is the kind of person that she will give the world what they, she'll show them what they want to see so they'll respect her to some degree but it's all kind of a trick to get what she wants in a sense mm. Interesting. So I think it's almost like commentary, the same way um, I think the first episode of the first season where we see that character who is mad at Stregobor, this the sorcerer and how he laid out for her how the world would see her. And so the world always saw her as this cursed person who would only bring about negative things. And then there's this, is that really who I am? Or am I different than this? I don't know. I think that Jennifer kind of thinks the only way that she can have value is to be this beautiful, powerful soul. Yeah. But in a, in a way... In their world, because their world is so brutal, it is kind of. I mean, I think you're starting to see the brutality of their world with the elves. In yeah. Because thus far, the world has been kind of brutal, but I don't know it's if, been
2: mostly a brutal of like gross monsters, not of like human beings. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. And the in the books it's and, and the game. I mean, constantly you're seeing just how terrible humans are. And they really hit you over the head sometimes with the the monsters, it's just they're just acting out of instinct. Humans Right. Are Humans are,
0: are... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that's where the books also, like, constantly, like, play around with, like, Geralt's morality. And, like, when he's choosing to act and when he's not choosing to act. And it's not always when you would expect... Mm-hmm. Um, and which is like, I just feel like, okay, like, I know people like Henry Cavill, but like, and part of it is how he's written in the show. Because right. if they, they didn't write lines for him, you can't say nothing. But like mm-hmm. There's just, I feel like Geralt is so much more complex and interesting as a character. And, and Henry is like, you know, a model in a white wig. <laughs> just like, that's fine. He's nice to look at, but it's not
0: Geralt. <laughs> I mean, I think... I feel like season two you do get more complex I mean I I, probably not to the degree you're talking about but I do think we get to see a little bit more of that complexity with some of his history with the other witchers and his relationship developing with Ciri but yeah it's it's in like flashes because he's never super demonstrative about any of it.
1: I will be curious to see if they do have more monsters with Geralt if there will be times when he doesn't harm them or even the um the games give you an opportunity to when there's a monster that it turns out there's just a curse that needs to be lifted or something like that that's when you see his knowledge of what's going on rather than just that's a gross monster i have to kill it which i think they tried to show with the the one witcher in this season Mm -hmm. where they wanted to try to find a way but then they didn't have any other choice but there are times when he it is a lot harder, but he can technically save the monster because there's a curse or something put on a person. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's the monsters most of the time, I think, have been just creatures. Yeah. I think we see the Bruxa in that first episode, and there's a little more with her. And I hope we get more of that, because that was one of my favorite episodes.
0: That was really interesting, yeah.
1: That was also how they did the reveal in that, that episode is different. In the books... Siri's not there so you don't have that added aspect to that story but then when you find out he just tells them like oh yeah I did this to the one priestess and she cursed me and that's why I'm like this and in the show they made it so that like him and Geralt have this back story a little bit and this friendship and then you find out later and I actually think the way they went about that was a lot yeah. harder hitting and that mm. to me is very well I think Leanna was saying that earlier too like the complexities of Geralt having to make a decision of when he acts and when he doesn't act and when he wants to act because he thinks something is truly evil but also it's a human and witchers don't really just kill humans just because or whatever the case may be I think that that particular episode handled what I see as witcher very well
0: yeah so we're at like 45 minutes any final thoughts on season two the direction it's going predictions anything i mean i think it's better
2: than season one i feel like there's still room for improvement in a lot of i mean yaskier for one um but i think they like made the timeline issue a little better and so far the changes like when we talked about the Ennefer change and like i mean ultimately i don't see that really affecting where this goes from here like this was like a temporary like side quest of almost you know because like we're kind of we're, we're kind of back now on the path Like things don't have to diverge more than that unless they want them to. I think they're figuring it out as they go as well and figuring out what works and what doesn't. So I feel like season three, I I would be very hopeful that it would be even better.
1: I agree. I think a lot of what they did in season two with the fleshing out of the politics is very promising. I think some of what they did with the main, I'm going to call it main quest, felt like they were setting up Witcher blood origin a little bit. And so I'm hoping we can kind of We've already done all the setting up and I think season three, I what I would like, I know a lot of people really love the monster of the week feel. Mm-hmm. I personally would actually not mind if we took some of that away and we focused a little bit more on the character relationships mm-hmm. and added more depth. those especially between Geralt Siri, and Yennefer I want to see them seem like a happy family and then I want to see everything go wrong and then I will be like so upset you know what I mean because I'll be like why can't they be a happy family why does everybody need claim on Siri?
2: and a new new
0: wig for Yaskier yes definitely (laughs) a new wig for Yaskier his hair is not it bugged me like every time he was on screen I was like what is going on with his hair? <laughs>
1: did you like toss a coin better or did you like Toss a coin? Toss a coin. Hundred percent.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. Toss a coin
1: is very catchy. There's one yes. moment. What is the name of it? Is it burn? Um <laughs> I don't know. he says the, burn a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
1: The name, there's like one moment in that song that I was like, ooh, I liked I liked this. I appreciated this. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think Toss a Coin is just much catchier. Well, again, like I that agree. song.
2: Like I don't think they realize what how Toss a Coin how well that would go over. Like everyone, it was a catchy tune. Like so whoever wrote it were like, <laughs> we'll makes oh, it catchy. Metal covers. <laughs> but so like I feel like it was once again everything to do with the ask year was like, well, we had this like song that was a big deal in the first season. So like the way they one. took so much time out of the episode to be like to do another song, song. Oh, and I'm God. like mm. okay. But it's
1: honestly how I like when recognizes him
2: in season 1 the song <laughs> the other song he sings when he's in Sintra is better than the one from season 2 Well
1: just
0: eventually there'll be a soundtrack of all of the all of the That's the Askier Songs, exactly. Awesome. So we're going to move into On My Radar, where we we'll share recent or upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance we're excited about. The books for today's episode will be released between January 11th and January 24th, 2022, with the exception of, well, at least the ones I'm talking about anybody else who brings one can do any upcoming release is totally fine. But first, if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate if you could take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners. And if you're interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons, including our world-expanding patron, Trina. You all make what we do possible, so thank you for that. Looking at upcoming releases, we've got some good ones coming. I've got two on January January 11th. First up is The Bone Spindle by Leslie Vetter. This is a YA fantasy novel that's pitched as Sleeping Beauty meets Indiana Jones in a queer fairy tale retelling full of adventure, romance, found family, and snark. This one sounds like a lot of fun. Then also on January 11th is Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Su Lin Tan. This one is a captivating debut fantasy inspired by the legend of Yi, the Chinese moon goddess, in which a young woman's quest to free her mother pits her against the most powerful immortal in the realm. And then I've got a couple books on January 18th to mention. First up is Servant Mage by Kate Elliott. This is a novella. I'm actually reading this right now and it's really good so far. A lowly fire mage finds herself entangled in an empire spanning conspiracy on her way to discovering her true power. I think Kate Elliott is really underappreciated as an author and like the level of world building she's able to do in like very few sentences is. Pretty amazing, and then lastly, we've got Electric Idol by Katie Robert. This is the sequel to Neon Gods, which was like a big kind of spicy romance uh, <laughs> that did pretty well in twenty twenty one. This is book two. This one is a modern retelling of Psyche and Eros. So those are those are the ones I've got on my radar coming out. I,
1: I had you you stole a couple of them from me. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, um, I also had um, Daughter of the Moon Goddess, and also that cover artist is amazing beautiful i think they have a twitter account also because they did that cover and then another um upcoming books cover as well i believe oh awesome yeah they're gorgeous so if anybody's only listening and wants to go Mm -hmm. look it up not or you're watching i mean (laughs) or you're watching yeah look it up it's it's a beautiful cover and what i'll add is engines of empire i i don't have the synopsis here but i know it's kind of a it seems like it's got a little bit of steampunk in it, as well as epic fantasy, multiple point of view, and I think you follow different children of this one prominent family, but they're all going off in different places. So I've heard, I've heard pretty good things thus far. I also had Servant Mage. You mentioned a lot of them that I was uh, interested in, but I also have <laughs> Ivory Key, Amber Crown. Mm. Um, those are a couple that I'm excited about. Uh, Ivory Key just came out today. Actually. Oh, cool! I went to the bookstore and they didn't have it. And I was like, dang it. (laughs) So and then I was I I looked online to see if they had it on other bookstores, and they didn't. And I was like, I don't want to have to get it from Amazon. (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) I want to (laughs) support bookstores. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can track it down somewhere. Yeah. So a lot of good books coming out. I feel like it's pretty dead in December. And then January, they really start ramping up the the publishing schedules. Thank you, everybody. This has been Chapter Three Podcast, and uh, Liana and I are your hosts. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter Three Podcast, and you can also find all of us on YouTube. Our links will be in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on youtube the next episode will be available in two weeks i will be back with liana to talk about the first book in our first law read-along which will be fun we're talking about the blade itself by joe abercrombie so it'll be fun my first time rereading it (laughs) This is my only my fifth time reading it. only oh, oh gosh!
1: <laughs> I got the other day. Alan, people thought he was reading it, and he's like, "Liana's reading it, not me."
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I we're we're anybody we're thinks them. he's reading first law. <laughs> Maybe he'll he'll try it sometime. I don't um, not but, like it. <laughs> don't probably not. No, like no probably not. It's not really his. He likes his, his whole
1: uh, heroic. But he likes
2: like political and economical and like history inspired. Like I think he'll (laughs) like that part of it. Maybe,
0: maybe it's. I feel like he really wouldn't like other things though. So who knows? Read Blackwing, which is very dark, and he liked it. So Uh,
1: we will find out.
0: We will.
2: He I mean, he'll hate it. I mean, officially for obvious reasons, no matter what. You actually to hate thinks. what you love. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. Of course. But we will be back in two weeks to talk about the blade itself. If you're reading along with us, we'll have some spoilery discussions and probably a little bit of a non-spoiler section at the beginning. This episode's bonus content for patrons will be available in the next few days. Thanks for listening.